0: So in Romans 8, we're going to read verses 12 through 14. Romans 8, 12 through 14. I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So Father, help us now as we come to your word, pour out your Spirit upon us, move within each heart and mind It's here today. Lord, we need you. Help us, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And I guess with with today being Communion Sunday, we, uh, I know we have visitors with us this morning. Good to have you here with us, and, and I'm assuming that's mom and dad didn't get a chance, is that correct, And uh, to visit uh, with them beforehand, but glad to have you here today. Exciting week coming up uh, with a wedding, and, and so we'll be praying for you all in the midst of that. But every, every second Sunday of the month, we, we partake of the Lord's Supper here, and just a chance to, for us to remember as uh, Brother Brian talked about this morning, to remember, and as we sang about, to remember what the Lord has done. And, And I want to focus today just on that first part of that verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. And then Lord willing... Uh, next Sunday, we'll be looking at those who live according to the Spirit, putting to death the deeds of the body. And we'll be talking about sanctification. We'll be talking about holy living and doing that by the Spirit of God that is in us. And, and so today, we are debtors. Now, uh, the, the word debtors in the Greek is aphaletes. It means owers, to owe, a person who is indebted. one who has an obligation to another. We are debtors, and Paul clarifies it for us when he says, not to the flesh. And I want us to understand this, as we've been working our way through the book of Romans, Paul here is still, he's differentiating between two spiritual identities. Those who are dead, those who are alive in Christ. Those who are still under sin, those who have been redeemed by the blood of the cross, the believer and the unbeliever. And and he is doing that even here with those who are indebted, are debtors to the flesh that are still lost, and those are debtors to, he doesn't name it here, but we know it's implied to God, to the cross, to Jesus Christ, to what he has done. And so, for if you live according to the flesh... You will die. Who is this? This is the lost, those who do not have the Spirit of God. Because if you have the Spirit of Christ in you, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, you are His. You are His. And it says, these who live according to the flesh, the unbelievers without Christ, you will die. And, and, and I know someone would say, well, wait a minute, we're all going to die. Well, yes, yes, this body is going to go back one day to the dust of the earth from which it came. We know that. We know that. But I believe that this dying that Paul is talking about here is something much more and much more severe. You mean more severe than dying? Yes, dying without Christ. I believe that's what this is talking about here. And, and uh, the dying in your sins. And this is an everlasting death, an everlasting separation from God. The book of Revelation calls this the second death. And let's just look at a couple of verses here this morning in Revelation 21, verses 7 and 8. He who overcomes, in other words, uh, this would be those who... Uh, by grace through faith, have endured to the end. We have overcome. So he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, and I'm going to take that cowardly to mean those who were ashamed of the gospel that they were cowards, that they didn't know the gospel and they were ashamed of it, cowardly. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I want you to understand this, that, that this second death is not annihilation, that you cease to be that you cease to exist any longer. No, this is an eternal death and an eternal suffering. Now, I've talked to some people who are who are lost, and, and they and they just revel in it. Oh yeah, when I die, me and my buddies going to get together in hell and we're going to party. No, no. Have you heard anybody say that? I have heard that. No. There's not going to be partying going on. It's going to be suffering forevermore. Now, uh, let's look in Revelation 20, verse 10. The devil who deceived them, now they're going to wake up one day, aren't they? They're going to wake up one day after going through the judgment and the wrath of God and end up in the lake of fire, and they're going to know, I was deceived. And who deceived them? Their father, the devil, deceived them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Well, he'll be there with them, you see, where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented, what? Day and night, forever and ever. Second Thessalonians, 1st chapter, verses 8 and 9. And this is in talking of the Lord's return and it says he will come in flaming fire with vengeance on those who do not know God. You see, let me pause there for a second. At the first coming, he came meek and mild, didn't he? And he came to be the ransom, the propitiation, the payment for sin. That's why he came the first time. But the second time, He's coming in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with, look what it says, everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. You see that probably one of the greatest torments of being in hell is going to be that separation from God forever. No second chances. The day of salvation is here while we're still taking breath, while still walking on planet earth. Let's let's read one more from, maybe two more. Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And Jesus said this of Himself in Matthew 25, verse 46. And these will go away unto everlasting punishment. This is talking about the unrighteous, the unbelievers. But the righteous, what? under eternal life in heaven with God, with Christ. But for those who live according to the Spirit, those who are born again, born of the Spirit, now I can see all of the blessings He's given to me. Before the Spirit came, before I was made alive, I didn't see it. The message of the cross was foolishness to me. I wanted no part of it. But oh, I'm so thankful that the Lord in grace and mercy opened my eyes that I might see Him and see the message of the cross, to see that I was a sinner before a most holy God. And at that moment I knew my condition and I knew I was going to be a part of of this that we just read about. And I knew I was doomed for eternal punishment and destruction. But then God in His grace and mercy showed me the rescue that's in Jesus Christ. You may think, well why did you read all those verses? I don't want to hear the verses about hell. We must! I must to warn you of the wrath that is coming for all those who do not believe. Because once this life is over, there is no more warning. There is no more chances. Your chance is now. Your chance is now. So for those who are in Christ, for those whose names are written in the book of life, The second death has no power. No power over us. Romans 8, 1 that we spent several weeks talking about. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. No condemnation to those who are in Christ. We will not face judgment and the wrath of God. No condemnation for those in Christ. And, And I've said it. Many times over the past few weeks, for those in Christ, no condemnation. But for those without Christ, the unbelievers, there is only condemnation awaiting them. For the born-again believer, everlasting life with him, joy in the presence of the Lord. But for the unbeliever, wrath and everlasting death awaiting. In John 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son, is talking about Jesus Christ. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe, the Son shall not see life. But look, but look now, look. But the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, probably no clearer verse found in the Word of God than that right there, of the two sides. Those who believe, everlasting life. Those who do not believe shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on Him. For them everlasting destruction. You see, Jesus came to this earth, why? To be that perfect sacrificial lamb. To give His life a ransom for many. To go to the cross, shedding His precious blood that was poured out for the remission of sin. So the message, the gospel call goes out here and always while we're still here by faith, believe and receive Jesus Christ. Confess that you're in sinner in need of a Savior. Repent of your sins and turn and follow Jesus. So I'll ask today, as I do almost every Sunday, do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? By grace through faith, do you believe? A belief unto salvation Not just words, but a changed heart. But a changed heart. Have you confessed that Jesus is Lord that we sang about? He is Lord. He is Lord. Have you confessed Jesus as Lord? Have you confessed of your sins? Have you repented of your sins? Let's go to Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Saved from what? (laughs) We just talked about what you're going to be saved from. You're going to be saved from the wrath of God. You're going to be saved from everlasting destruction and torment and suffering. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So now I want to go back to how we started. For the child of God, we are debtors, not to the flesh. We owe nothing to the flesh. We owe nothing to who we once were before Christ came and redeemed us. No longer dead our sins, but by the Spirit of God we have been made alive, a spiritual birth, born again, and we are debtors to God. We are owers to Jesus Christ. And I suppose that's the thought that captured my heart, as we, I was thinking about Lord's Supper today, I owe everything to Christ who gave Himself for me. And child of God, you do too. You owe everything to Him. The lyric kept coming to my mind. Jesus paid it all, all To him I owe, sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it white as snow. Singing again, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe, sin. Had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Child of God, our sin that was like crimson has been washed clean by the crimson flow of Jesus Christ, His precious blood that was shed, and we have been made white as snow. In Galatians 6, verse 14, And now for those who are born again, as Paul says here, but God forbid that I should boast, the King James says, I would glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So may all of our boasting, may all of our glory, may all of our everything be in the cross of Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Because the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross is the source of every believer's righteousness and acceptance before God. Do you believe that? Let the Word tell you then. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. We know this. We read this so often. For He, God, made Him, Jesus Christ His Son, for He made Him who knew no sin to be what? Say it sin why why would he do such a thing sin for us why that we might become the righteousness of god in him in christ I, I, I talk often of the great exchange that happens when we come to christ you see when he went to the cross he took upon himself our sin he bore our sin upon the cross and for those who believe and receive christ then we receive His righteousness. We have a righteousness then not of our own, but of Christ. We are clothed in His righteousness, not of our own. The great exchange. He takes our sin and in return for those who believe, gives us righteousness. That that is glorious. That is glorious. For the redeemed sinners, born again believers, every good thing, every good and precious promise was obtained for us by the cross of Jesus Christ because apart from Jesus Christ's death on the cross sinners get nothing but judgment understand that if he had not given himself up and died upon the cross that sacrifice for sin where would we be we'd all be lost there would have been no payment for sin apart from the cross of Christ there is only condemnation therefore everything that we adjoin Christ everything we boast in everything is owing to his death upon the cross i am a debtor to jesus christ i owe my everything to him so child of god our salvation was purchased at a tremendous cost you understand that what was the cost of your salvation how how, how deep and desperate was your sin your sinful life It it was so deep, your sin was so deep that it took the death of God's only Son to ransom you. Never forget that. That's the depths of how far we had been separated from God. That it took the death of God's Son to redeem us. To redeem us. We are sinners by nature. We're children of wrath apart from Christ, far from the covenant of promise. But we who believe have been brought near to God. How? By the cross. By the cross. Let's read it. Let's read it. Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. And this was a picture of every one of us being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world, that was once every one of us. No hope. But now, (laughs) but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near how? By the blood of Christ. That's how we have access to God. When Christ died on the cross, what happened to the veil of the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from everywhere else? The place where God was, the veil was torn so that we might have entrance to Christ. To Christ. Let's go to Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us. Put yourself in the verse. He has delivered me from the power of darkness and conveyed me into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom I have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. And at every remembrance of such a verse and a passage as that, every child of God should be going, praise His holy name. We drop down to verses 19 through 22. For it pleased the Father that in Him, that in His Son, Jesus Christ, all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him were the things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He is reconciled. And that word reconciled means to be brought into a right relationship and a right relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, we who believe have been brought into a right relationship with God the Father, reconciled in the body of His flesh through death. Why would He do that? Why would Jesus go to the cross, give Himself His body through death? Well, here's why. So that He might present you, child of God, holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. See, we will not stand as a sinner before God, because all sins forgiven, as we have come to Christ, believing in him, sins forgiven. Our sins were taken by Christ, and he has given us his righteousness. Let's read one more passage from Colossians uh, chapter two, verses thirteen to fourteen. And you being dead in your trespasses and trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross so yes child of god we are debtors not to the flesh but to god but to Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. And may we remember and never forget. We owe our everything to him. Amen? We do. We owe our everything to him. So may we never forget that his sacrifice was for us, was for us, and that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ Himself gave us a way to remember, to remember Him. And that's through participation in communion, the Lord's Supper. And so let us read in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took bread, So we know that Jesus, as He was there celebrating the Passover with His disciples, and the Passover meal was there, He reached out and He took two of the items off of the Passover table. He took the bread and He took the cup. First was the bread, and in John uh, 6, 35, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to Me shall never hunger, and he who believes in Me shall never Thirst. Then, if we drop down into that same chapter, verses 50 and 51, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I may pause there for a minute. You understand what he's saying here, correct? Those who receive Christ, he's talking about that which has come. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about going to give his body upon the cross and that all who receive his sacrifice. You see, this is the bread which came down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Christ in us, in us. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, that I may give, which I shall give for the life of the world. Then of the cup, he said this, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. In Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my bl- for this is my blood of the new covenant, and let me pause in, in in Hebrews, he talked about this, and we've talked about it many times, he he came to take away the first covenant that he may establish the second, which is the new covenant in his blood. for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, if we read again from Colossians one at verse thirteen and fourteen one more time. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. There is forgiveness in no other way. There is nothing else that can wash away our sins except the blood of Jesus Christ. Do we know the old hymn? What can wash away my sins? As snow, no other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In Him, in Christ, and in Christ alone, in Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus willingly gave Himself for us. He died for us. And He said to take the bread and the cup and remember Him. Remember what He has done on our behalf. Remember how much God loved us in sending His Son. 1 John four ten. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the payment, the ransom for our sins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks. Thanks for Your Word that reminds us reminds us and tells us who we are. And your word was very plain today that if that if every person would be honest, they could know whether they're a believer that's been covered by the blood of Christ or they're yet unbelieving that everything we've talked about is just nothing but a bunch of hogwash and foolishness to them. And Lord, for those, I pray, have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, we know of themselves. They can't see it. They can't believe it A part of uh, being on their own. But it's only through you and your grace and mercy as you open their eyes, as you bring light into darkness, as you bring l- breath into that lost, dying, dead soul. That you can bring them to new spiritual life. That they might see. And upon their eyes being opened. Then seeing you most holy God. And, and perhaps for the first time in their life. They recognize they're a sinner before a most holy God. And Lord their only recourse would be to fall before you. Desperate. Knowing that apart from forgiveness what their end will be. And so, Lord, grant them faith that they might believe. And, Lord, grant them repentance as as they would cry out from their heart confessing their sins. And, Lord, just be with them as they would receive Christ and, and, and know Christ as Lord of their life and help them that they may live the rest of their days for Him, enduring and to the end. And Father, for, the us, for the us, who are, us who are in Christ, I pray that, that through all of this it, it's been a remembrance that we would know from the depths of sin from which we have come that we would realize the awesome price that was, that was paid for our salvation. So Lord, help us as we prepare to come and partake of this bread and this juice, Lord. Help us to know. And remember what Christ has done. So Father, I pray that you would bless the bread this morning. I pray that you would bless those cups of juice. And I pray that through this all, Lord, it would just be a reminder to us of what you have done through Christ. Of what Christ has done in giving himself upon the cross. So Lord, help us to remember and never forget. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.